Hey there, ghosties. Welcome to episode 82 of the Ghost Lights Podcast. This week, we sat down with Luke Sorge. We talked about the Denver Nuggets, how painful it was to watch Jokic fall down, but get back up again being so exciting. We also talked about the birth of his acting career and writing from film school to his own focused work. I hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure you get your tickets to Eddie and Dave that's being put on by the Catamounts at the People's Building opening this weekend. Get those tickets ASAP. We got plenty of spaces, but we want to see your face. And now, Dan, give us war by the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble. Back, it is episode 82, only 18 away to 100. Boop, 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 boop. And this week, we sit down with fan of the show, multi talented artist, writer, performer, director, and uh, all around handsome, chill dude, Luke Sorgi. Luke, how are you? I'm good, man. Hey. I think probably like two or three of those plaudits are, do not apply to me, but uh, I'm happy to be here. Oh, okay. I'm definitely a fan of the show. You oh. got that one right. Oh, yeah. Thank yeah. God. Because if that was incorrect, we were going to end this podcast right the hell now. <laughs> That'd be a great way to start. Like, actually, can I just on the record, mm-hmm. um, it's pronounced Sorgi and mm. don't care for the show at all. Don't really. Oh, yeah. Man. I don't like it. Oh. I... I, I, I I messed up. I listened to the Chris Kendall episode, and that guy's just an ass. Hey, hey, let's not start any <laughs> dr- beefs here. I can't get. I, I, I don't want to start cutting into that versus TV territory. I can't mm-hmm. do it. So if you've got something to hash out with him, I suggest that you send him a nice email. I'm not. I'm not going rhyme for rhyme with Chris Kendall. He no, would, he's he's too. He'd put me under the table. Yeah, he's too sharp. He's uh-huh. too quick. Too quick with it. Yep. Anyway. Thank so, you for having me. No, thank you for being on. I'm really glad we we bumped into each other after after one of my shows, and I wanted to hang out with you. And this is this is what I have bandwidth for. <laughs> I, I, I'm being I'm being funny and serious, so yes, I'm really glad absolutely. that you were available and said yes. So thank you so much. It, it, it really means a lot. It is my pleasure, and thank it was you. a great show, by the way. It was a great show. That's right. Come see my show. <laughs> we got one more week to go. Dan, didn't you like it? It was fantastic. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, it, it like the three hours just went by like... Don't sell it like that. But yeah, you're right. The three hours do move very quickly. Yeah, it didn't seem any longer than 245. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that son of a gun. That, that's Dan Ribb, everybody, the production moil. He's, he's going he's gonna to be cutting in here with his, his one-liners and witticisms all night long. Just, <laughs> we recorded the JCC, so I'm the production moil. Yeah, that's right. Just, just doing Mystery Science Theater 3000 on the podcast. Oh, my God. Can we talk about Misty? Sure. I, I haven't seen it in a very long time. Oh, okay. Did, but did you like it? I loved it. Yeah, you did. God. Who's I loved your favorite it so much. robot? Uh, the Tom Servo. Oh, man. Crow T. Yeah. But I got the Funko Pops of both because you can't have one without the other. Exactly. They, are, they are a package deal. Yep. Favorite, um, favorite uh, captain of the ship, I guess, of the Satellite of Love? I didn't, I didn't see it enough to really oh, okay. be able to differentiate them. Oh, okay. yeah, I, know that, I know that people have strong feelings and. Like I kind of just recently found out that there were two different dudes. Yeah, no, it, it, they do kind of look alike and sound alike. <laughs> so I, I definitely, I definitely get you. I find that the Joel was the uh, the best uh, captain of the satellite of love. There you go. That's right. 
Um, here's the question that I wanted to start start off with tonight, and this is really important. So, Ghosties, if you don't like sports, you might want to <laughs> skip ahead to like, I don't know, the 10-minute mark on this pod. Hopefully this goes for 10 minutes. I'm kidding. <laughs> we'll make this quick. When when Jokic goes down and he's holding his knee, do you do you do you just do you just like think of all the ways you could end your pain? I I'm not kidding you. I the first thing I I, I just wanted to share my pain. The first thing I did is grab my phone and I just texted like my brother and my friends and like everybody I knew who had a vested interest in the Nuggets and I was yeah. just like, oh shit. Yeah. But I also I you know they show the replay like a thousand times mm-hmm. and so. As I'm watching the replay, I'm sitting there with my wife and I'm telling her like, like I went to med school or some shit. I'm like, no, no, I, I don't, th- it, there wasn't like a weird twist or anything. I think he just banged knees and like, I've banged knees before it really hurt. So that's why he's in so much pain. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be okay. This is literally exa- like what we were watching <laughs> yeah. it together at yeah. the bar yeah. and I was the same per- I was like, nope, it was just banged knees. He's yes. probably got a bruised. He's, it's a bruise. Yeah. It's a contusion. Yeah, Everything's yeah. fine. Yeah. It, it'll hurt. <laughs> Yeah, that's the other thing is like it's not a bruise, it's a contusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds when, better. Exactly. It does. It sounds tougher. When we become <laughs> medical experts, it's a contusion. It's a yeah. contusion, yeah. I love that the, oh you're absolutely right. We we latch onto these words to make ourselves feel better. Yeah. It's only a contusion, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. He'll be back in a day. And the fact that he was actually back the very next game was like it was even though we lost, it was very nice. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I I mean like not only am I a Nuggets fan, so like I want them to succeed, and not having Jokic on the floor would, uh, you know, uh, negatively affect that. Yeah. I also just love watching him play so much that selfishly I was like, now what am I gonna watch? Yeah, like he's the most incredible basketball player I've ever seen. Yeah, so he's Larry Bird in a seven footer's body. Right, he's what every little kid imagines they are as they suck. Playing on their front. Oh man, that's exactly basketball. Right. Like you're just like that could be me. Yeah, yeah. Because he's just lumbering all over the I place. Shoot all that. He does lumber. He's so such it, a lumberer. Yeah, it, it, he moves. He moves like he's got to check the fridge for like the second time in 20 minutes. <laughs> he thought he'd, he. I, I got to get back to the fridge. I got to check this out. And and if you know that type of body, if you have that type of body, that's me. Um, you, that that is a very distinct gait. That he has mm-hmm. in what he would call fast motion, it's not, it's not impressive. He doesn't look like an athlete, and yet, well, and when <laughs> he dominates, when he's not moving in fast motion, everywhere he goes, like if there's a timeout and he's walking to the bench, it he looks like a kid who was sent to go like get yeah. the groceries out of the car, yeah, and he's like walking to the car just like keep the groceries, like he seems upset to just be ambulatory yeah. at all times. What is the uh, all the world's a stage quote on children um like satchel on on over shoulder something like that sighing like furnace on way to school or am i mixing up multiple parts of that please send your angry tweets to dan rib i think this is probably way too high bro for a nuggets discussion i think shakespeare in yeah Yeah. well wouldn't you i mean nikola Jokic is kind of like the shakespeare of basketball he's uh, ooh. if Jokic (laughs) were a shakespearean character Let's let's break this down. He's definitely not Iago, because I mean he's a good guy. Mm. So we're thinking, is he McDuff? Falstaff? Fal- <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I think I think at this stage with MPJ, he's definitely Caliban. Yeah, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. This is a very different version of the game I play with my brother, which is what NBA player is what rapper 
Ooh. Mm. But Which, what Shakespeare character is much more intellectual? Well, it's it it definitely it definitely ties in more to the pod than what we're doing. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I mean ghosties, do you want to know like I think that LeBron James is Jay-Z and vice versa. Yeah. And then we can start arguing about the other ones, you know, like Kobe is Lil Wayne and I can get into my reasons why, but um we did Oh no, I was about, I was about to I was about to make a really I'm not gonna, I'm not going to go down there cuz all the Kobe heads that follow no. this pod are going to be after me. Weezy's still alive. Yeah, good, good. Yep. Del, see, you did it for me, <laughs> son of a gun. Send your angry tweets. At. <laughs> yeah, do you want my, I'll just give up my email. Yeah, you, no, let's not do that. I'll take on Kobe stands. You, are you sure you want to go down this road? I, I will take on Kobe stands. All right, go for it. <clears throat> um, He's not scared at all. My email address is samgillstrap at gmail.com. That's S A M. G I L S T A S T R A P. Hey, there we go. He remembers the program. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Let's let's get down to brass tacks. Today's unofficial sponsor is Starbucks. <laughs> we each got our own little beverages today. We're we're staying caffeinated or non-caffeinated, non-caffeinated. in some cases. I I have the most basic coffee taste of all time. No mm. cream, no sugar, no caffeine. Wow, brown water. Brown water. Mm. That's tough. I had a, someone got me an iced coffee today from Steam, which is near my school. Mm-hmm. And it didn't have any cream or sugar in it. And I got through it. I got, I gutted through <laughs> it at everybody. It was okay. I, I need my coffee to be basically, um, it, it has to become creamer. It has to become flavored creamer. Yeah. Like it's three parts coffee, 20 parts creamer. Anyway, Luke. Yes. Theater. How did it happen to you? I don't know, man. I mean, like there I I love that you asked this question because oftentimes when I'm talking to other artists, I just say like the same thing. I say like what's your origin story because I am interested in hearing it. Mm. And mine, I mean like it's a bunch of little things, right? I'm sure yours is the same. Like like I'll go all the way back when I was in elementary school, I was I don't even remember what the occasion was, but we were supposed to present some series of like anti-bullying skits to the the uh, school at a at an assembly, mm-hmm. and I kind of freaked out about it. And I went to the teacher and I was like, "I don't I don't want to do this." And she was like, "Well, you have to do it. Why don't Why don't we just make you like you know like an MC? Like you can come out uh, with somebody else and like introduce everybody, and then they'll go do the acting." I was like, "Great." As soon as I stepped out. I regretted saying, I don't want to do this because like everybody's eyes on me. I was like, oh, this is sick. And I remember we were even like after when everyone was doing their skits, we were supposed to clear off the stage and I like lingered. So like I went to the side of the stage, but like I made sure that I was still on stage. So clearly I wanted attention. Yeah. Um, and then it still took me a very long time to kind of pursue it, uh, in high school, I played basketball, and so there was no time for theater. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout out Kelly Gibson, the theater teacher at Broomfield High School when I was there. She's a wonderful person. And so I took an acting class, and I was not a very good student, so I was going to fail the acting class mm-hmm. uh, because I didn't turn in some assignment. And she told me, she said, I will pass you if you audition for a play next year, which would have been my senior year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, well, what about basketball? You know, like I can't do that. Yeah. And she goes, well, it just so happens that next year we have a class 
that is going to, or we have a production that is going to take place during class, basically. So all of your rehearsals and everything happen during seventh period. Mm. You would only have to have the three nights of the performance off. Um, and I ended up, I did have to miss a game for it. Oh, no. But long story short, I was like, fine, I'll do it. Mm. And it was awesome. We did Noises Off. And so like, I got to be in Noises Off and be on the basketball team at the same goddamn time. It was amazing. Like one of the, honestly, one of the best moments of my life is when my basketball coach, unbeknownst to me, changed the practice time so the team could come see the show. Oh. And so like I come out after the show and they're all there in their, you know, basketball gear and mobbing me like we just, like we just won a game. And it was like, I still just get all warm and fuzzy inside thinking about it. Oh my God. We need more coaches like that. That's Isn't awesome. that great? That's a great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't take my kids off the football field to save my soul. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no. But it was it was very sweet. And and they didn't need me. I, I you know, like I, I came in off the bench occasionally and made some threes. That was my thing. So um and we uh so yeah, I, I still didn't really fully pursue. I, I at no point was I like, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. I was like, this yeah. is fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I went to college and I was at UNC, uh, University of Northern Colorado, um, and I like I I did some of the acting labs, but I, I was a non major, so uh, you know I wasn't in the theater department, and I decided I, I wanted to make movies. So I transferred to CU Denver slash the Colorado Film School. They were like uh, kind of like a, a duo at the time. And they mm. ended up divorcing while I was there, which sucked, but whatever. Mm. Um, so I, I went to film school and everybody at film school wants to be Quentin Tarantino or whatever. We mm. all want to like make our own movies. And so nobody's going to be in the movies. And I was like, hey, I've, I've acted. I'll be in the movies. And I ended up being in like everybody's goddamn movie because they were like... We need people. Right, exactly. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, Luke will do it, Luke will do it. And so, um, and so I got to do a bunch of these like student films with my, with my new friends at film school and just fucking loved it. Mm. And that's the first time that I thought, I think this is what I want to do. I ended up doing a play my last year of college um, and like met some wonderful people there, like people I'm still in, like really good friends with. Mm. So that's when I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, and even then, theater wasn't really on the docket for a long time. Hmm. Um, I, I was doing, you know, film stuff, screen stuff, and then I was casting a short film with Adrian Egolf, who is, I don't know if you guys know her, but she's like the best actor in the world, and she's like the prettiest woman who's ever walked the earth. Um, but no. So we... <laughs> Wait, she's not? No, she is. Oh, okay. I just, yeah, don't, I just follow, don't want... Don't follow up that cell with a no. She absolutely is. I believe it wholeheartedly, but I don't want the ghosties to be like, bleh, nah, um, because that's... she's now my wife. But we met originally... Spoiler alert. <laughs> we met originally on this uh, film set and kind of got to know each other a little bit. And I just asked her, I was like, I don't know how to do theater. Like, how do you... How do you find auditions? How do you go to auditions? How do you do all this? Mm. Um, and we have like a whole story of the the movie ended up not really happening, so we didn't see each other for a long time. And then we reconnected, and she was like, "Well, now I'll 
I'll show you how to do this stuff. And she took me to my first theater audition. She was already auditioning. Um, and it was down Colorado Springs and she's like, well, come along. I'm like, I can't just come along. She's like, yeah, you can't just come along. And then she was sort of my entree into, uh, the Denver theater scene. She, she not only held my hand through all that and like literally worked monologues with me, but also introduced me to people and, um, sort of told me how to behave. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause I, I, I didn't understand etiquette. I mean, I don't think I would have been a shithead, but I didn't yeah. know how to do certain things. You know what I mean? She had to be like, Oh, and then this is, this is how this works. This is, yeah. they're, they're going to call you or, you know, I, yeah. if it's I a can't... cattle call, don't clap at the end of everyone's scene. Yeah. <laughs> also no heckling. Yeah. Definitely don't do the heckling. Yeah. Oh, um, man. and so that, that's really it. I, I, I feel like I, I, I often say that I came to theater a little late, but I obviously didn't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I did. I was in one play in middle school, so you know. Yeah. Um, but in terms of taking it seriously and thinking that it's something I wanted to uh, devote my life to, it was it was a little bit later. Hmm. Yeah, a little bit later. A little bit. When? So you started off doing this film school stuff, and then as you started to take it more seriously through your connection with Adrian. What type of differences do you see in the work that you were doing beforehand, or where or where are your similarities lying? God, that's a good question. I don't know. Mm. I one of the things I'm really self conscious about is I don't think I'm a very uh, like intellectual actor. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't. I'm not sure if I'm good or not, and I'm not sure if I was before and if I've improved. Okay. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not. I genuinely don't even really know how to improve <laughs> aside from reps just yeah, doing yeah. it a bunch you oh, know totally. like i i imagine i'm a better actor now than i was when i was in fucking film school but mm-hmm. it's because i've done it a whole lot more yeah um so i i don't know i i just sort of caught the bug uh particularly for film i i loved being on set mm-hmm. it was so much fun and and the fact that you get to do stuff over and over again and you know you start to you start to kind of realize how it works and you go hey can I can I try that again? I want to try something different, and you you know then it gets really fun, um, and that's what that's what uh, sort of got the bug in me, um, and then theater, it's both. It's so exhilarating and and so enjoyable to do in front of a live audience. It's also a way to keep working because mm-hmm. the film you know like you might do one movie every three years, mm-hmm. and even that it's like some short film that you know, you're on set for six hours. Yeah. Um, theater, you get to do it a lot. You get to go to rehearsals. It takes six weeks to put the thing up and then you get like um, a four or five week run. Like if you like acting, that's where to do That's That's the way to make sure that you get to do it a lot is by doing mm-hmm. theater. Definitely. Yeah. When you look at your, your writing, mm-hmm. what inspired that transition? Was it, you were reading scripts and like, oh, this is cool. I think I can do this. Or are yeah. you always a writer? I I think even more than I secretly was always an actor, I think I was always a writer. Hmm. Um, like I have memories of, <laughs> before I even really knew that plays were written, like writing plays, and like in third grade. You know wow. what I mean? Um, and trying to make movies with my friends. And they're like, what are we doing? I had my dad's like big camcorder that literally plugged into the VCR. And I'm like running around the backyard, like trying to make, I don't know, Con Air or whatever. Yes, you were. Um, 
uh, we could we could talk about like that Nicolas Cage run of The Rock uh, face off. If and we Kanye. don't talk about that formative movie, if we don't talk boy. about those movies, then what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> and honestly, so, and so yeah, I I was always really tie yellow by ribbon that. on the old oak tree because <laughs> Papa's going home. That's a better Nick Cage than Nick Cage. Everybody put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. Anyway. So, so then, yeah, it that. was it. It was similar to the acting, where like I got to college, I had, um, my my freshman year at UNC, I had like a graduate assistant just teaching comp one hundred and one, like the very intro writing class, who was just an incredible person, an incredible writing teacher, and she was basically like, "Look, I'm a grad assistant. I have to read all your stupid papers. Please make them interesting." And she's like. As long as you're writing sentences the right way, I don't care if you're writing papers the right way. Like most of you are not going to be in academia the rest of your life. You don't need to know how to do this, but you need to know how to write. You fuckers gotta know how to use grammar and stuff. Yeah. And so th- what that did is it freed me up to do all these boring ass writing assignments however I wanted. Um, and it, it just opened my mind in that way, mm-hmm. uh, in a way that I didn't know like I couldn't have gotten there myself. Yeah. Um, and then she was very encouraging and said, you know, like you're kind of good at this. Maybe you should be an English major. And I was for a while until I decided I wanted to do film. Um, and then from then on, I was always just writing for recreation. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and once you go to film school, then you have to start writing assignments that are, you know, like you have a screenplay class and you have to turn in a screenplay by the end of the semester, that kind of thing. Um, and thankfully once I, took that seriously and was doing it for school and then doing it, you know, for my own, whatever you want to call it, advancement after school, um, it didn't ruin the enjoyment. You know, like the recreational writing, there was no difference. I Mm -hmm. still loved it. So um, when you, when you sit down to first, I guess here's the first question. What motivates you to sit down and start writing something? (laughs) Uh, at this point, just kind of inertia. Uh-huh. Like I, I've been doing it every day for so long that it feels oh. weird if I don't write during the day. Um, so that's like the writing in general, like the act of writing. And then I don't know, I whatever idea strikes me. I a, a long time ago, <laughs> this is this is a silly one. I'm laughing at myself already because I don't think anyone's going to identify with this. But a long time ago, I resolved to I, I had this image of like an ornate chest like an old ornate chest mm-hmm. and i said that if by the end of my life i have filled up that chest with writing i will have succeeded and it doesn't matter if like it's all these unproduced screenplays it doesn't matter if it's just like my journal it doesn't matter if it's like bad poetry mm-hmm. just like notebooks and pages of writing fill up that chest Obviously, the chest is metaphorical, but that's what I've been trying to do ever since I like that image sprung to mind. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, you know, uh, I mostly write plays and screenplays. Mm-hmm. It's what I enjoy the most. Uh, it's also what I've been doing for so long that I, you know, like the thought of writing a novel or something, I wouldn't really know how to do it at all. Mm. No, that's it's really an interesting mindset to have. It. I mean, when did when did that image come to you again? <sighs> It was probably in college when I was struggling with the discipline of like, you know, if you want to do this, if you want to take this seriously, you have to actually do it. Um, 
so that was one of the ways to encourage myself to do it is that image. Um, I was also, you know, my favorite basketball player of all time was Allen Iverson. So I'm all about volume shooters. Oh yeah, no, definitely. That's yeah. You know, I'm just a volume shooter when it comes to writing. Oh no, totally. You know, get the shots. We up. got a low field goal percentage, but dang it, we do we do fill her up. Absolutely. And that's right. We're yep. gonna we're gonna get the job done. <laughs> like we're gonna drop 25 every single night, folks. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm extending this metaphor until it's. it's I'm not done. sure it's gonna be an efficient 25. No, not at all. No, we're definitely we're definitely going to the free throw line a lot. Yep. I'm gonna get knocked to the floor a lot. Yeah. We're just because we're just gonna throw ourselves to the basket and hope we get the call. <laughs> that's what's what we're doing. So strap in for a long night. Oh, and we're not playing defense. No, no, defense no. is for suckers. Man. Yeah, man, <laughs> we're definitely not going to worry about. We got to save our energy for the chucking. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I need, I need, I need my legs under me for those threes late in the game. <laughs> those off balance. Anyway. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Beautiful fallaways. Oh man, stepping over Tyron Lou. <laughs> that one game. That one amazing game. It's an incredible game. Though. Yeah. Go re- rewatch that first game one of the Sixers Lakers finals from what year's that? Uh, 2001, I think. 2001. Yeah. yeah I was still in high school. Go, wa- go back and watch that game and just like live and die on the last five minutes with AI. It's beautiful. It's, it, is a, it, is a, it is a journey to behold. It's the only loss the Lakers had during that whole playoff run. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson slayed the dragon at yeah. Staples Center. Yeah. I don't know if it was Staples. Well, I think it was the forum that, that yeah, time. Yeah, it might have been. We got the Staples Center after the fact. Anyways. Didn't we, Dan? L.A. guy? When did the Staples Center get built? Not 100% sure. Okay, great. Thanks for being <laughs> here. Thanks. I, didn't, Thanks. I didn't go to L.A. until 2002. You know, you know hey, hey, Luke, other other podcasts have a producer that the second he hears a, a fact being dropped, he goes like, oh, i got to Google this. Oh, I'm sorry. If I, if I took my phone out, you'd call me out on yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right I would. You're absolutely right. I need you. I need. I need all eyes on me, just like Luke did when he stepped out to be the MC. There's a yep. reason why I have a pod. It's because I don't exist. <laughs> I don't exist without everyone's attention. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I am really struck by this mindset that you had. Like even as you were describing it, one of the things that stuck out to me is like, whether it's bad poetry or just an essay, whatever mm-hmm. it is, I have to fill up this box. I have to fill up yeah. this chest. And it's really cool because so often, I mean, I, I, maybe I won't even speak so often because that's a generality. I, I can only speak to myself. Like with me, when I wrote, like if it was trash, I just threw it away. Oh, really? Yeah. If I if I didn't connect to it, it was like, oh, God, why did I waste the six hours on that or whatever I spent? Like, yeah. Boom, 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 throw it away. And you do that practice of writing enough, you get to that place where you start making excuses. And the fact that you were in college going like, I just gotta I just gotta write something today. Mm-hmm. I just gotta write something today. Yeah. Whatever it is, like that's 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 good enough. That's really cool. And I think I think that is something that people can connect to. I hope so. I mean it's it maybe they're not seeing their 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 ornate chest that they're trying to fill up, but they have like they have these these growth, these steps in growth that they are trying to accomplish. Yeah. And they can totally yeah. see that type of that journey for themselves. Hey, Sam. Yes, sir. 1999. Oh, so it was oh, the Staples, Staples Center. All right. All right, then. So I'm the idiot. I thought it was the forum. <laughs> thank you for that production, Whale. Yes, thank you, Dan. Yes. The voice of God. Dan Rib, everybody. <laughs> on the God mic. On the Light FM. And it was good. <laughs> yes, it was. You've had stuff produced... You didn't. You just have a show done. 
at minors. At minors. Yeah. That's right. I wanted to say, I didn't know if it was benchmark or minors. Mm-hmm. Walk me through the process of that getting up. Do was it? Do you mind if I ask? Was it a workshop ahead of time, or or even before it got submitted to minors? Yeah, I I don't know. I I haven't had many things produced. Um, and I think any playwright will tell you there's just like a thousand different ways to get rejected. So when oh totally when one of them you can get ghosted through, after coming coming yeah. out as a racist. Yeah. <laughs> so when one of them gets through, it's like. Um, I don't know what happened. But in this case, uh, I had the idea for the play, and I started writing it, and I was in the DCPA's uh, like adult education courses that they do. Um, Kelly, McCall- Kelly McAllister does a playwriting lab. Yes, he does. Um, and so I, I shared it there, and I'm part of uh, the writers group at the formerly Boulder Ensemble Theater Company, uh, Butterfly Effect yes. Theater Company. Um and I shared pages there, and I ended up having a full draft that I shared with them. Um, and so every step of the way, like Kelly's class, the Betsy Writers Group, they were all very helpful and you know helped develop things and said, like, that's that sucks, get rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I finally had a draft that I thought was decent, I knew that Len Matteo was a meditator. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this sounds a little naive. I, I'm sure at the back of my mind there was some thought that, like, maybe he'd be interested in producing, but genuinely I was just like, yo... He's really smart when it comes to plays, and he's really into the subject matter of this play. It's mm-hmm. about m- basically meditation. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to send him to Len and get his thoughts. And he called me and was like, I really like this. Let's see if we could produce something, particularly because it was still during like really restrictive COVID times. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, it's a two-hander in one location. He was like, if we can find a couple who are cohabitating, we might be able to make this happen and film it. Oh, rather yeah. than um rather than you know like a normal live show uh we ended up having i think four live performances for like a very small house we had maybe 15 people max but mm-hmm. the the whole plan was to do it uh was to film it um yeah. and ray bailey who you know um came in and did a nice job and the actors were incredible um uh bill hahn and heather lacy and uh and so yeah that's how that one came to be uh, it was it was pretty quick once Len was like let's let's give this a shot. Then, you know, a couple weeks or maybe a couple months later, mm. um, we were working on it. That's really that's I know that's for me. I shouldn't say I know anything about getting a play produced, but um, that's a really cool process and how that that comes out working for you. You also Very have written, lucky. yeah, yeah. You've written little things. I was I was able to do one um, in the our. Our Zoom play festival that we did <laughs> with the uh, what was? It? Hold on, is it on my is it on my water bottle still? Yeah, it is. Theatrical it is. response team. Yeah, Come the on theatrical man. response team that we started during <laughs> the pandemic. Hell yeah, uh, R.I.P. Um, but it was it was we 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 put on a little festival and we did a little funny show again. Um, yoga and meditation was a. That's true. It was was maybe a loose part of it, um, and also eating mayonnaise. Being 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 punished into eating handfuls of mayonnaise, the things I suffer for for my art. No. Well, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully you're a good actor and also really game because you were just, you were like, yeah, sure, whatever, man, whatever. You could have been like, no, I'm not eating mayonnaise, you maniac. This is for the theatrical response team. Yeah. But you're you're game. Hey, well, it's like I said, 
if it's a good script, if I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself out there. <laughs> I'm gonna put myself out there. That was really fun. It was a lot of fun to like just have that outlet. I feel like, and it, yeah. if for someone like that writes plays, like Tiff, and is also in them to have that itch scratched at such a tight time in our lives. Oh, it's, God. I mean, I, I can't I can't even speak to like how. I would guess comforting that would be. Mm-hmm. Like I, I still got. I still got this thing going. I think that's one of the things that's been interesting for me, and I, and maybe you can talk to a little bit. I'm kind of like changing gears here, but in hindsight, when we look back on on the early stages of the pandemic, because it is still raging, the numbers are still very high, mm-hmm. and um, it's become such a polarizing situation. But looking back on those early days, like it was it felt like time was standing still and yet there was no, like there was still so much going on. Yeah. It it was really hard to breathe and like there was nothing to do, but so much to think about. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And and then when you, when you are an artist and like, that's kind of where your mindset is like, then there's, and there's no outlets. Mm -hmm. There's rare, there was not a lot of outlets. Like, I mean, we could have, we all started TikToks, I think. I think the vast majority of us did. I doubled down on podcasting um, because we could do that via Zoom. And I had smarter than myself people willing to help me. And uh, Dan's really good at this, y'all. Dan's really good at this. Um, he is the production moil. He's going to be here every night. I got really busy during the, yeah, the yeah, pandemic shit. because yeah, I was streaming like these little, you know, like yeah, it, it was a thing for what six, eight months or whatever, mm, and absolutely. it was not a, it was not theater, Mm-mm. but it sure as hell gave us all something to do. Yeah, and it, I, I, yeah, I, I was busy as shit then. <laughs> we were doing like two a week. He was telling me to back off. I don't want to do one on Tuesday. I'm sorry. I need to get it done, dude. Yep. But Everyone if we weren't for him, yeah, if we weren't, if if he didn't, if he didn't step up to the plate, we wouldn't be this close to one hundred ghosties. When you were sitting in that time, just explain to me. I, I, I don't like to rehash it because I feel like the vast majority of the world is trying to act like it's gone. Yeah, and it's definitely not. We're just trying now our best, our best to like stay as safe as we possibly mm-hmm. can. What were you going through? I got. I, I've said this to multiple people. I I feel a little guilty saying that like and like there's guilt, but also I'm I'm so grateful that um it it went well for us. Mm-hmm. Um I work at a library and so we were closed down to the public, but thankfully, based on the nature of Adams County's library funding, um nobody lost their job. We were paid to just stay home. That's amazing. Um yeah, like uh, all my benefits stay like nothing changed except I didn't have to go to work. Wow. Um, and the writing was actually, I was, I, I was even more grateful for it at that point because that's sort of what I was able to, um, like cling on to, mm-hmm. you know, I even wrote out a daily schedule, uh, because I, I work better on routine. And so when things were shut down, I was like, I'm going to just like, sit here and have a panic attack all day unless I structure my day. So I wrote out a little schedule and that's when I was, uh, that's what I followed. And that's when I was doing a lot of writing. Mm. Um, obviously, you know, I, I get like an hour, maybe, maybe two hours before work. Now Mm -hmm. during lockdown, when I wasn't going to work, I was able to sit there for like three, four hours some days 
and just like forget everything else and just like work on whatever dumb script I was writing that in that world, mm -hmm. there was no pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a creative outlet and all that stuff. So I was very fortunate to, to not only have that kind of artistic outlet, but also to like have my life structured in such a way or you know like my circumstances mm -hmm. were uh very ad uh, unique I, and advantageous yeah, yeah. yeah i was very fortunate during that time mm -hmm. um which isn't to say that it was easy because it wasn't easy for anybody no but it was a whole lot easier for me than it was for some folks what are some of the practices that you've taken from that time are you are you still were you always that regimented about making that time that you you, you were talking about earlier or is that something like now definitely i get off of work and from between 7 and 8 p.m that's my writing time unless nuggets are playing <laughs> unless the nuggets are playing um i don't know i mostly it was i remember sort of thinking to myself when everything was on lockdown and i knew we weren't going anywhere I was like, okay, this is the chance to prove yourself. Because I've always thought, you know, I, I don't want to have to have a job. I want to just be able to sit home and write all day um, and have that be my job. And then in the back of my mind, I was like, could you really do it, though? Like, that's really lonely. That's hard. You think that's easy? That's fucking hard. Mm -hmm. And so when that happened, it was a chance to be like, could you? Let's try. Mm -hmm. Let's see if you could. Put yourself on a writing schedule that, like, if I were a full-time writer, this is the schedule that I would want to keep. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I, I went back to work part-time pretty quickly but for that month and a half or whatever where we were totally gone mm -hmm. um i kept that schedule and so unfortunately i'm not able to keep that schedule now because yeah. you know i'm working 40 hours a week and mm -hmm. all that you know the same complaints that everybody has but what i took from it is the the knowledge that like i could do it nice you know mm -hmm. and that, that's a good thing to learn Absolutely. and a great little uh, kind of testing ground yeah yeah i mean from that perspective, it is. It's. I think that's one of the things that. When when we do try to like chase a dream, if we can get a small sample size of it, yeah. some of us don't necessarily thrive when we throw ourselves into the deep end, and then to have this like, okay, I'm. I don't know how long this uh, this. Forced stay at home thing is going to be lasting. But let's see where I can. Let's see just how dedicated I can get. Let mm -hmm. me just see if I can do like. How fo just focused is, I guess, the right thing. How focused can I be on this thing that I love? Because, yeah, you're right. It is difficult. Like, even, I mean, I feel like, like you were talking about, I don't even know, like, about your, you were talking about, like, I don't even know if the process that I'm on is, like, quality or whatnot. Yeah. It's, it's just what I do. Yeah. Like, for me, I'm like, I always, I always say, like, I'm one of the hardest working actors. And, like, the only reality, like, the only way that this is actually true is, like, I do, yeah, I have a 40-hour-a-week job. <laughs> Right. That is like really difficult. Like, but that I, is so tough. Yeah, it's hard. But yeah. it's like I'm not like I'm not out there like you know waking up at four in the morning like the Rock and putting up weight <laughs> so I can stay in shape so I can get you know all those you know the leading man roles, like or I'm, I'm not taking dialect classes every weekend like I used like I used to be taking like acting classes and going to rehearsal and then taking mm -hmm. on one on ones and like now I don't even have the like the 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 finances or the bandwidth exactly. to like focus on any of those things so like to to still have that mindset is it's helpful, but also to my detriment because we're, we're not actively working on it. We're not sticking to a schedule. Yeah. And to, to hear that that's like you actively made that, like I'm going to do my best to try this is really cool because 
when you've already been doing something to whatever personal, whatever you deemed success being for you personally to be meeting that accomplishment mm-hmm. and then go like, okay, I've got this time, let's stay focused and then like have that stay consistent as best it could after the fact to where you're getting stuff produced a little, you know, and then having those outlets, that's it, really, it's really, it's really inspiring. It's really cool to see. Thank you. And there's something intimidating about the thought of like what you, you mentioned, like pursuing your dreams. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has that little thought of like, but what if they came true? Like, here's something I'm, I wonder if you're the same. I think about like a hit Broadway show. Okay. You know, I'm thinking like, rent. Right. Right. You get cast in rent and you're doing nine shows a week for a full house every night for an indefinite amount of time. Yeah. And that's supposed to be the dream. And I hear that and I'm like, no, 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 no. Kill me. I want no part of that. What I actually, I do. Cause that's like the pinnacle of my, you know, uh, profession or, you know, like what I want to do. Yeah. But also like, God, no. (laughs) For the most part, you just want to be able to say you could do that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a great, if you're asking me, would I want something similar? Um, no. Like I look at what Brian Cranston was doing, um, Aaron Sorkin's take on, or no, it was not oh. not Cranston, it was Jeff Daniels. Yeah, To Kill a Mockingbird. To Kill a Mockingbird, Aaron Sorkin's revised script of that, and it, it was running, and it was very popular at the time, and I think even like before, well before that, Denzel was doing um, The Iceman Cometh for an extended amount of time, and like, if I were to get to that pinnacle of our like i don't even have to audition this got written and they were like or this was going to get put on with with that had to be me yeah aaron sorgan's just like I, i'll do it if sam gilstrap is free yeah so if he if aaron were to give me a call by the way i will totally accept aaron <laughs> um sam's a great walk and talker i'm a great walk and talker i'm the best at it um that's why this podcast is happening as we walk <laughs> no it's not anyway I got a cramp on my foot. Eight yeah, miles at work. That's so. why I, I sound winded the whole time. Yeah. So anyway, get, if that was offered up to me, it would definitely have to be on a very familiar schedule, Thursday <laughs> through Sunday, <laughs> one like at night. Yeah. I want to be able to sleep in. Yeah. And make sure that I'm ready. Maybe we'll do two shows on Saturday or Sunday. It'd be hard. It man. would be really. I don't think I could say. Yeah, I'm gonna do nine shows a week for eight months. Right. I can't, I don't know. I don't know. And there are. There are people that I've met that do that. And I'm like, I don't know how you don't go insane. Right. I need to change it up. Uh-huh. Like when I got started acting, I had a very fortunate run, but it was a different show every other month for a number of years. Yep. If it was one, like four shows over the course of five years, but doing them all the time, I probably would have, when I got to that burned out stage that I did eventually get to, I probably would have walked away. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian had Brian Dennehy come talk to her, like <gasps> her graduate program class. Oh, I was like, Brian Dennehy just showed up at the house. Yeah, he was just like, hey, I've heard great things. That's right. Let's um, talk about Rambo, Adrian. And uh, first blood, sorry. And first it blood. was, I guess it was after he did Willie Loman for like a thousand performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told me that he told the class, he said something like, 
If you're getting bored of your performance, even after a thousand times, then you're a bad fucking actor. You're not Oof. doing it right. Oh, and in my Brian, mind, no. I was like, I was like, that's when I knew that I'm a bad actor. I could never, <laughs> ever do a thousand performances. Not a chance. I, I've been lucky to be in some shows that I really adored, um, including like at Miner's Alley, I got to do a two-hander with my wife. Mm -hmm. It's like the best thing I could possibly ask for. Not only is it the person I love the most, it's the actor I love the most that I got to work with. And if they said, you're doing this a thousand times, I don't know what I'd have done. I'd have like cut off my foot or something. I mean like, sorry, can't do it. You know, I, I, I genuinely, I can't do it. I, I, just love how, I just love how this amazing performance story turned into a um, saw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, Tonight the role of Carrie always will be played by Luke. That's the only way I could think to get out of it. Like, and they're like, you could have just talked to us. Yeah. I, I'm a bleeding stump. They're like, we could have just like, you know, found you an understudy. Yeah. Ah! The, key, the key was in the corpse to your left guy. <laughs> anyway. The whole time. Hey, um, don't spoil Saw. What if people haven't seen it since 2004? It's too late. It's too late. Go, go, go catch the new one because they, they're going to revive that franchise. This has got Chris Rock in it. And For some reason. Sam Jackson. Mm -hmm. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> yeah, he's a Thank guy. you for clarifying. I was wondering which Sam Jackson it was. Yeah. No, I... I felt I, I the second I said Sam Jackson, I'm like, you're not his friend. He didn't give you permission <laughs> to say Sam Jackson. You you get it right. I don't want him finding this podcast and cussing me out. Hey, he, that's all right. I always refer to the taxi driver guy as Bobby De Niro. Yeah, We're Bobby. Boys. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he's he's I'm glad you guys are tight. Bobby Bobby D. Bobby D. Yep. Man. Let's talk about Bobby D. <laughs> if Bobby D were a rapper, let's see, he'd be KRS one. Ooh, that's yeah. not bad actually. Yeah, I think yeah. Robert De Niro would be KRS one. I want to say Al Pacino's Rakim. Yeah. 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 He seems he seems a little more over the top than or, Rakim. ODB. <laughs> Jesus. OD or or Ghostface. Yeah, I, I think he definitely have to. I think I mean if he's not Rakim, he, he's just he's got to be a member of. of I feel like. I can't think like uh who's the who's the guy that had the reality show on Comedy Central Flavor uh, Flav? No, the actor God, oh. I am this is such good podcasting right here. I can't this think is of great his podcasting. name. He has a son who acts. He's famously nuts. Anyways, that's ODB to me. I'm gonna remember it like midway through. Or like or Dan can look it up for me. Oh and just, is like, it um Eric Busey. Andre? Oh Busey. That's right. Um yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Gary Busey, Gary Busey. is definitely o older bastard for sure. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, Alan Cummings is a little Nas X. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, this I is just, fabulous. I felt like that. I felt like there was an easy laugh line, so I went for it. Will Smith is the Fresh Prince. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, Will that Smith. Tracks, right? Yeah, like Will Smith seems... is Will Smith. Yeah. No, he's. <laughs> He definitely got jiggy with his career. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a good one. Nice 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 dad joke in there. Dan, you have something to add? It, no, I feel like how our non-sports people feel yeah. when we're talking about sports, yeah. talking about Yeah. This 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 podcast yeah. is definitely going to gain a lot of <laughs> listeners. It's also going to like like we're going to have some people tune out. Oh, he's talking about rapid basketball again. Like I, I listened to the Jim Hunt episode. Yeah. And if he's nice enough to listen to this one, at this point he's gonna be like, What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. I hate those guys. 
<laughs> Not Dan. Dan's cool. But the, the, the guy that does the bulk of the taco, they get him out of here. I don't know why Jim sounds like that in my head. He was on my pod. He didn't sound like that at all. Um, <laughs> I just have this uh, this dream that someone will write in because nobody's done that. Not but, yet. Uh, Not yet. Someone will write in and just be like, I really like that Dan guy. I wish I could hear more from him. I just feel like it's going to be you one day. <laughs> yeah. It's just we got to check Dan's burners. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dan's, got, Dan's got two phones. He tweets from one of them. <laughs> it's like, put more Dan on. <laughs> <laughs> and just starts getting angry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like following you on Instagram, just yeah. like stalking you. Like, <laughs> this episode had too much talk about process and not enough dad time. So not not yeah. to like program your podcast for you, but yes, sir. Is Dan ever going to be a guest? Well, he was a guest. Oh, <clears throat> yeah. Oh. We had him on. Speak of the theatrical response team, we had the. We, we had, did a we did a me and Bradley theatrical response yeah, team in the middle of the oh, pandemic. Okay. Yeah. But I, I think I think I see where you're going here. That that wasn't really a Dan episode. No, it, yeah. I guess yeah. No, I could totally see it. I'm down to have Dan on, but I think what ends up happening is that we just derail each other with like inappropriate jokes, and that's the end of the podcast. Or you know, uh, I've I've seen podcasts do this before, and you you do you know uh, include your own biography into your oh yeah and stuff. i cannot stop talking about but, my past but why you know why not have uh, why not have me come in here and go sam yeah yes Peter, yeah how did it happen to you is this for real is this happening now i mean if you want to or we could blow it out like 100th episode just have everybody who's been a guest like email a question and then you have to answer it i oh, feel like man. i feel like the ghosties like want Give want the people a, what a, they a want. Different, a different view of Sam Gilstrap. Um, I'm down for that. I, as we get closer, I think when we get to episode 90, I'll just start putting it out there. Like, what should we do for episode yeah. 100? We'll literally switch chairs, so you'll be sitting where I am. Yeah. That, though this, is, this is where I've been sitting for the last, uh, last two episodes. It's on yep. this side of the table. And uh, putting them on the spot, we got the we got a hot lamp over Luke right now. He's gonna be he's gonna be ready for you know order. I'm I'm sweating. I've just taken off my shirt. Yeah. So this, visualize this, that ghost. Dan's uh, taking concise notes of your entire life on the whiteboard walls. That's yep. right. The whiteboard walls have it all. We're not gonna erase them either. There's gonna be meetings held in here. What is happening <laughs> in this place? What what are we what are we unearthing about? Why does it say Rock him Pacino question mark? Yeah, it's <laughs> these are questions that the ghosties are dying to have answered. As we get to the stage of the podcast, as we've sufficiently derailed ourselves, hell yeah, I'm gonna ask Luke, what is that ghost light that was that you wish was left on for you that you'd leave on for that next generation? As a fan of the show, I knew you were going to ask this, and I thought about my answer, and I didn't come up with anything good. All right, so let's just end this, Dan. No, I'm kidding. Peace <laughs> out. <laughs> that song is fire, by the way. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It's a great song. It's great. Yeah. Um, and so, what? like, my answer is just, like, it's supposed to be fun. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they call it... The, they're plays for a reason because it's yeah. supposed to be play. And I think we all, you know, sometimes um, get too caught up in our ego or what uh, what we're not the uh, the lack of success and all this stuff and um, and the comparison game and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, like it's just it's supposed to be fun. Um, and I've 
been able to remind myself of that sometimes when, you know, you're driving a rehearsal straight from work, you've been there mm. and you're like, Oh God, I'm not going to be home until 11 o'clock. And then I got to go wake up and be work at 7am. And, yeah. um, but then I'm, I remember like, but what I'm driving to go do is essentially play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, so is it really that bad? Is it really that tough? No. It's supposed to be fun. Yeah. I, th- I think but what I've been experiencing on this last, this process that I was, I've been on is the drive to rehearsal has gotten harder. Mm-hmm. And then the second we get on that stage, it, the, the frustration of whatever I was yep. dealing with all that day, it goes away. Yeah. And yeah, I'm going to be exhausted when we're done and I'm certainly going to want to get out early. But while I'm there, it feels great. And mm-hmm. that's like that's been my balance. Like I've I've discovered over the last week, I've I've been trying to listen to myself and just to piggyback up what you're talking about. Like I need more of this type of stuff. I need to be performing more, even if it's now gonna be my own stuff. Right. Like yeah. I've gotta I've gotta do stuff because if I don't create that balance for myself, it is gonna be a long struggle to get to the finish line this school year. And if you don't, if you don't respect that joy that that I'm the, this this kid that loves loved having the eyes on him, that heard his first laugh from something he said, mm-hmm. it's like if you don't if you don't respect that kid that's still inside you, it's you're gonna miss out on 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 the on all the stuff that that joy that grows into. Right, because it's so it's so much time it's so difficult Mm -hmm. it you know for most for 99 percent of the actors in the world it doesn't pay the bills for 99 percent of the actors in the world nobody ever actually knows who you are so if it's not fun then what are you doing it for yeah um and that's what you know i have to tell myself that sometimes and shit if you're able to have fun doing the crucible that means that it's fucking fun oh yeah you know what i mean that's not a fun show but when you're there doing it, it means something to you and, and you get to, you know, you get to play. Yeah. I think, was it Chris who said that, like, actors are the ones who never grew out of, like, playing make-believe or something? I believe so, yeah. 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 Yeah, I, absolutely. I always call acting, uh, like, um, playing pretend. Mm-hmm. You know, like I'll I'll text Adrian and be like, "Yeah, I gotta go play pretend. I'll be out by 10. Because mm-hmm. um, that's what it is. It's fun. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. It is fun. Let's uh, let me let me let me actually take the before we do the right sign off. I do want to ask because I did mispronounce your last name. <laughs> How do I properly do it again, sir? It's so stupid. It's Sorgi. No, no, it's not it's like stupid. a hard G. That's great. Um, and the reason I say it's stupid is because like. I think somewhere along the line, somebody, like maybe my grandpa, was just like, you know what, let's just fuck with everybody. Let's just say it's Sorgi. Because everyone wants to say it's either Sorgi or Sorga or Sorge. Um, Surge. Surge. Yeah. Um, when, I was, when I was a freshman in high school, on the first day of class, the guy was like, Luke Sorgay? And I was like, up oh, here oh, we go. Oh, no. Everyone's going to have a field day. Oh. Thankfully, nobody did. But Thank goodness. Do um, not come to my school. Right. Yeah, exactly. it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rough one with that mispronunciation. But like <laughs> the this is a fun little fact about me to to end on. Yeah. Um, I I am a very like worryful person. I, I worry a lot. I have a lot of anxiety and a lot of like uh, just dread. And uh, I found out recently 
that the word Sorge, spelled S-O-R-G-E, in German means to worry. <laughs> yep. And it all just sort of fit, uh, you know, like everything clicked. I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. Are you German? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I asked my dad once. Uh, I was like, you know, what What are we? What's our, you know, heritage lineage? And he goes, oh, German? Like with a question mark. And I was like, <laughs> all right, I guess we're German. Sign me up. Yeah. All right, then. I could, cool. I could look into it. I just, I, you know. Yeah, no, I hear you. I'm just like, you know, a white guy of European descent. Does it really matter? <laughs> it matters to you. Does it, though? I, I don't know. I'm not Luke. Yeah, it didn't matter to my father. No, I'm German. All right, then. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot to unpack here at the end here. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack at this side off. We're going to keep rolling, Ghosties. This one's going to be like six hours yeah. long. Yeah. yeah. Let, 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 I do want to like, I do want to press into that, but let, we'll, we'll sign off. <laughs> we'll save that. For we'll sign off and we'll save, we'll save this. We'll save this for the um, OnlyFans account that I have for our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Where my shirtless pictures will also be. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I, I really love the poses you've been striking by this fake plant that's in the far right corner of our studio. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> Ghosties, the actor, the artist, Luke Sorge. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sam and Dan and Ghosties. It was a pleasure. Absolutely. It was a pleasure for me, too. Remember, folks, have fun. Don't forget to have fun when you're on stage, when you're writing, when you're directing. Do it all. Go Nuggets. Go Nuggets. Dan, do the damn thing. Since she's a medium, go. she'll still be able to talk to you. Totally. Thankfully, you've she's, ghosted her. Thankfully, yeah, exactly. Ah, but I'm bummed. I love that. <laughs> I love that. I hope we get to use that. This guy right here. Am I right? Yeah, my, yeah, you're right. No, that's totally. that's all I got. So is that? Are we done? Yeah, Did I think we we're done. Yeah. Okay. Think, cool. Right, we can I get we can got get it. you out of here. Yeah. I I know you've got like your whole like podcast thing, but I'm yeah. thinking we just talk about your date and then. Get that's that's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic. The, shout out shout out to the original LARPers out there, the the Civil War reenactors. Uh-huh. Let it go, you <laughs> <Yeah>. lost. <laughs> Sorry. That I want that in the pod. I want that in there. They're just doing that Tarantino thing, like this is how history should be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you.